0: Then comes the point <coughs> which follows on page 107 of Sheikh Al Fawzan's explanation, page 83 of the Egyptian edition. The point to which Sheikh Al Fawzan, to the point continuing, Sheikh Al Fawzan, Hafiz Allah, he brings a heading: Addalilu wa subhanahu wa ta'ala. The proof for his lordship and his divinity and right to all worship he the perfect and most high then comes the saying of the author al islam muhammad ibn abdul wahhab rahimahullah wal-daleel qawluhu ta'ala wa min ayatih al-layl wal-nahar wal-shamsu wal-qamar la wala lil-qamar لِلَّهِ الَّذِي إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْبُدُونَ The ayah from Surah Fussilat the 41st Surah, Ayah 37. So the saying of the author, And the proof is his saying, He the Most High. And he quotes the ayah from Surah Fussilat Ayah 37, with the explanation and from his signs are the night and the day and the sun and the moon do not frustrate to the sun nor to the moon but rather frustrate to Allah the one who created them if you truly worship Him Fawzan Fauzan said in explanation this is a proof for his and this is a proof for his lordship and his divinity and right to worship he the perfect and most high same ayah part of the ayah with the explanation and from his signs are the night and the day and the sun and the moon. Sheikh fawzan said, al-Shams wal-Qamar, the sun and the moon. He said, "The sun is the tremendous star which gives light to the creation as a as a lamp, burning and shining." Sirajam so, wahaja The sun the trem- is a tremendous star Which gives light to the creation As a lamp Burning and shining Just as Allah the Most High said Waja'alna sirajam wahaja Surat al-Naba The 78th surah Ayah 13 With the explanation And we have made It In the sun A lamp burning and shining. Then Shaykh fawzan mentioned, and the Qamar, and the moon, is a light which brightens the night time. And gives light to the pathway of the people. Then he said, and from their benefit, I mean from the benefit of the two of them, the sun and the moon, And from their benefits also is the well-being of the creation through its trees and its fruits and oceans. These are benefits coming about by means of the sun and the moon. The well-being of the creation through its trees and its fruits and its oceans. So if the sun were hidden away from the creation, then the creation would suffer harm. And many of the means of livelihood and their welfare would be corrupted. And if the moon were hidden away, then likewise the same would happen. The moon also brings about benefits for their fruits and their trees. Along with what it contains also from awareness of reckoning, I mean reckoning of time periods. And the moon also contains that benefit. As for the benefits of the sun with regard to the growth of plants and trees and fruits and the like, then it's well known. Sheikh makes the point. Likewise, the moon, it's not so well known, but it also has benefits in that regard, with regard to growth of plants and fruits. And it also, the moon also has the benefit of it enables us to be aware or gain awareness of the reckoning of time. Then Sheikh quotes the ayah: "He, the Most High, said, 'وَالْقَمَرَ نُورًا Wa qaddarahu Manazila Dita Alamu Adadas Adadasin adadas Adadasinina Wal Shisab Walkamara Nuran Akadarahu Manazila Dita Alamu Adadasinina Wan Shisab Sora Yunus the tenth Sora Iaf with the explanation And the moon a light and we made the moon a light and appointed set phases for it so that you should know the number of years, and the reckoning of the months, days, and hours. That was the explanation mentioned by Tabari and others of Al-Hisaab, the reckoning. al Tabari and others, and he mentioned the report from the Salaf, meaning the reckoning, al-Hisab, meaning the reckoning of the months, the days, and the hours. These come about through observation of the movement of the sun and the moon. And Shaykh Fawzan quotes a second evidence. He said, And he the Most High said, Yas'alunaka anil ahillah, qul hiya mawaqeetulin nasi wal hajj. Surah Al Baqarah, the second surah, ayah 189, with the explanation. They ask you about the crescent moons, then say, They are signs to mark fixed periods. Of time for mankind. And for the Hajj. They ask you about the crescent moons. Say. They are signs to mark. Fixed periods of time for mankind. And for the Hajj. Sheikh of commented and said. So the Ahillah. The crescent moons. Bring benefit. For awareness of time periods. And deadlines. Deadlines for debt deadlines for debts and deadlines for the waiting periods of the women I mean the waiting periods a woman's idda, the waiting period when a woman has been divorced the waiting period she has to wait until she can remarry or the waiting period after her husband has died the waiting period likewise she can wait until she remarries I mean, a, a woman a, a woman who's married and her husband divorces her and she's either pregnant or not pregnant or a woman who is married and her husband dies then there is upon them an idda in each of those three three cases a different idda so the Sheikh mentions this crescent moon enables us to be aware of this so to repeat what he said so the crescent moons bring benefit for awareness of the time periods and the deadlines deadlines for debts and deadlines for the waiting periods of the women and the set times for acts of worship and fasting and Hajj all of them are known by reckoning based upon these two lights these two (coughs) shining lights mean the sun and the moon as he said the sun and the moon so the solar reckoning and the lunar reckonings contain many benefits for all of the creation. Then he moves on and he said, And from those things which he has created are the seven heavens. He the Most High said, "Allahu ladhi khalaqa sab'a wa min al mithlahun. Surah talaq, the 65th surah, ayah 12. With the explanation, Allah is the one who created seven heaven, seven heavens. Allah is the one who created seven heavens. And they're like from the earth. Then he quotes the second ayah. Surah Al-Mulk, the 67th surah, ayah 3. With the explanation, Allah the one who created seven heavens in levels. Levels or layers. Tiba, Le- levels one above the other. Allah the one who created seven heavens in levels. Sheikh Fawzan said each being above the other. The lowest heaven then the one which follows it. Up until the seventh one. And above them all is the Arsh. And above them all is the throne of the most merciful. He the perfect and most high. Then he mentions a point which is not so well known. The fact that there are seven heavens is well known. The chef mentions a point with regard to the seven earths. He said. And the earths are seven just as He the Most High said وَمِنَ ardi mitlahum." the ayah that just came before Surah Sura talaq 65th Surah, Ayah 12 with the explanation and they like from the earth Sheikh Fawzan said so they, mean the seven earths so they are Tibaq, also. They are seven levels, or seven layers. Also. This is a point that's not well known. Just as the heavens are seven, one above the other, likewise the earths, seven, one above the other, in layers, or levels, one above the other. He said, and every level, from the levels of the heaven of the seven heavens and the earths have inhabitants and occupants then he said and whatever planets and stars are in the heavens the sun and the moon and whatever is in the earth from created things, from animals with their different types, and from mountains and trees and rocks and minerals and oceans, these are from the signs of Allah, the Perfect and Most High, al-ayatul kawniyah, from the creational signs, which are seen and witnessed." All of those things that he just mentioned. Whatever is in the heavens and the earth, all those things he mentioned. All the planets, the stars, the sun and the moon, animals with all their different types, the mountains, the trees, the rocks, the minerals, oceans, these are all from the creational signs of Allah. Ayat al The things that Allah has placed in the creation which have a sign, proven him. Then Sheikh Farzan said, he, said, and the proof, Of course, the ayah brought by the author as proof for this point. So, first surah, ayah 37, with the explanation again. And from his signs are the night and the day, and the sun and the moon. Do not prostrate to the sun nor to the moon, but rather prostrate to Allah, the one who created them, if you truly worship him. Sheikh Fazan said, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ الليل And from his signs is the night. Shekhov's said, Meaning from his signs which prove lordship and his ability and his sole right to worship to the exclusion of (coughs) all else besides him is the night. Which brings darkness, and the daytime, which brings light to the whole of creation. This is from the amazing signs of Allah, the Perfect and Most High. Mm-hmm. Sheikh Al Fawzan expands slightly upon exp- explains that, and says, "So who can make?" the whole of the creation dark all at once (coughs) and then make the whole of the creation bright all at once He is Allah the Perfect and Most High I mean no one else can do that. He said if all of the creation were to gather together To make one part of the earth bright, they would not be able except to make a restricted area bright. If the whole of the creation upon the earth tried to make somewhere upon the earth bright, they would not be able except to make a restricted area, a limited area bright. If they brought all the electrical generators which are in the world, all of them. They could not make bright except a restricted portion of the earth. All the machines, all the generators, everything. They brought them together in one place, all the people, to try and make the earth as much as they could bright. They could only make a certain little tiny portion bright. As for the sun and the moon, then they bring light to the whole of the earth. The night and the day follow each other in succession. And the sun and the moon likewise. And again he quotes the ayah. He the Most High said, or the latter part of the ayah, But the Ayyub explanation, do not prostrate to the sun nor to the moon, but rather prostrate to Allah, the one who created them, if it is he that you truly worship. Shah Farzan said, this is a nullification of shirk. Do not prostrate to created things. Since from the greatest of the created things are the sun and the moon. I mean, from the greatest of the created things that we can witness are the sun and the moon. And yet we're told, do not prostrate to the sun and the moon. So the Sheikh said, this is a nullification of Shirk, And he said, and because the people of Shirk, the mushrikeen they used to worship the sun and prostrate to it, and from them were those who used to pros- who used to worship the moon, and the stars, such as the people of Ibrahim. They would build for them temples in the form of the stars, and they would worship them. So His saying, "He, the Most High, la tustudulish shams," the explanation, do not prostrate to the sun. Razan then explained the word sujood, frustration. He said, as sujood means placing the forehead upon the ground in humble submission to the one who is worshipped. As sujood ma'naahu jabhata ardi khudu'an lil ma'bud. That's what prostration means. Placing the forehead upon the ground in humble submission to the one who is worshipped. And it is the greatest of the types of worship. Sujood, so, prostration, is the greatest of the types of ibadah, worship. And Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa said, Aqrabu مَا abdu min مِنْ wa وَهُوَ sajid. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the closest that the servant comes to his Lord. Is whilst he is in prostration. In a footnote they mention the hadith reported by Muslim as hadith number 482 from a hadith of Abu Hurairah, radiallahu anhu. And the narration of Muslim has a completion of the ayah. du'a, الْدُّپَا du'a, The closest that the servant comes to his Lord is whilst he is in prostration. So therefore make plentiful supplication. You make plentiful supplication whilst you're in that position, prostration in such. Strength. Then, back to the text of the Sheikh, Sheikh Farzan then said, So the greatest of the types of ibadah of worship is prostration upon the ground. Since your face is the thing which you cherish the most, You place it, you have placed it for Allah upon the ground as an act of worship for Allah and in submission before Him, He the perfect and most high. This is true prostration and it is not befitting to perform it as worship except for Allah. Uh, a a reason there, why Sajdah is one of the greatest acts of worship because the person, the most cherished thing, the most part of his body that he most cherishes is his face. But for Allah, he'll place that upon the ground he'll place the most beloved part of his body, he'll place it on, on the ground, in front of his Lord in humble submission to him. Then Sheikh Farzan said, as for prostrating to the sun and the moon then it is prostration to a living thing. Or it is is prostration to a created thing. Which does not have the right to be prostrated to. So it is not permissible to prostrate to created things. But rather, sujud, prostration, is only for the creator of the created things. As for the created things... Then they are just like you. Something created. Something managed and controlled. Would you prostrate to a created being who is incapable just the same as you? This is not permissible. Where have the intellects gone? I mean those, those people who are prostrate to anything besides Allah, where have their intellects gone? They're prostrating to something that's just the same as themselves. Created, incapable, just the same as they are. Then the Shaykh said, As Sujood, prostration is only deserved by the Creator. He the Perfect and Most High. Who is not rendered incapable by anything. So prostration is the right of Allah. The Mighty and Majestic it is not the right of the creation. No matter how great and large the created being is, it is still a created being who is weak and is managed and controlled. لا lishamsi للشمس ولا للقمر wasjudu لله الذي خلقهن in kuntum إياه تأبودون Again the ayah, same ayah of the text. So Al 41st Surah I 37 with explanation, do not prostrate to the sun nor to the moon, but rather prostrate to Allah, the one who created them, if it is Him whom you truly worship. And Shaykh Al-Azhan finished. So what is obligatory is that we do not worship except Allah. So if you make prostration to him and you also prostrate to other than him if you prostrate to him, to Allah and you prostrate to other than him then you are not worshippers of Allah with with correct worship. Rather you are worshipping him along with shirk. And shirk corrupts and destroys worship. If you're a person who worships Allah, but you also worship other things besides Him, you prostrate to Allah, but you prostrate to other things, <laughs> then that is an action of shirk which will corrupt and destroy your worship. The meaning of what the Shaykh